as friends, we can give that gift to our friend. If you know you have a friend who's a ruminator or a worrier, just being polite, saying, this is what I need right now. We are going to be okay. I just need space. You can hold that boundary with yourself and protect your own peace while also letting the other person know, this is exactly what I need right now and things are going to be okay. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. Today's episode is inspired by something that we go through as hosts that you guys don't see. It's behind the scenes and it's dealing with our guests. Most women are amazing, but every once in a while we have changes, we have cancellations, things get a little bit stressful. When we're planning on an episode and then a guest might ask, actually, can you air it you know, when my book launches or whatever it is. So there's a lot of shuffling that you guys don't see, but that we are kind of constantly dealing with. And it has to be done that week too. So it's not something that can just, oh, we can push this off till next week. We have to come out with an episode every Monday, whether it's that guest or another guest or Amy and I jumping on the microphones like we are right now. We want to make sure that we're delivering that promise, even if our guest can't be on that promise. And we are so committed to that. I know a lot of other podcasts, you know, might miss a week or do whatever, but this is our one day a week. Like we're not going to miss it. It's so important to us. And the value of the episodes, like we always want to make sure that it is worth your listen. So all of this to say, one thing that comes up for Abby and I, when someone cancels and it's last minute or they want something adjusted and it's last minute... Abby and I can both kind of get into this gripe of like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Oh, and we'll kind of ruminate on the fact that the guest has screwed up our ideal schedule. And so that is where the idea for this episode came to be. We wanted to make an episode on rumination and worry because both of us experience it along with probably every other human. And then Abby is a coach that kind of specializes in this area. She's got a lot of personal (laughs) experience with rumination, but now she helps to coach women out of it or minimize it, Mm -hmm. I should say. Just to minimize it or to help the future be a little bit less in that rumination and worry, even if your past has been full of it. And as somebody who has ruminated her entire life, I get it. You might be thinking to yourself, no, 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 Abby, my situation's different. Like, Amy, you don't get it. You don't have this type of personality. And we do get it because we talk to many of you day after day, and we have our own experiences with it. So when you're thinking about rumination, what it is simply is thinking about the same thought or a series of thoughts over and over and over again. It could lead into worry. So being worried about something that you texted to a friend and if they didn't respond right away, did they think did they think that was rude? Did, was that rude? Did I not say it? Hold on. Should I have said it this way? Do they not like me anymore? <laughs> and your mind can go there. And when we're just talking like this, it's like, oh, that's so silly. Why would I ever think that? But when you're the one who has written that text message and you're analyzing every word of that text message over and over again, and I know there's people out there who do that because I do that, you can see it and say, okay, let's take a deep breath and take a step away. 
And I have tried every trick in the book, you guys. I've tried every trick in the book. I've tried to overanalyze it and try to solve it. Those 2 a.m. thoughts, for instance, when you wake up at 2 in the morning and you're trying to solve something that you know can't be solved. But just this time, I need to think about it a little bit more. That's rumination. That's this never-ending worry that goes on in many of our minds over and over and over again. And right from the start, our point today would not be that we can solve your rumination, but the point would be we know, per research, you can start to minimize it. We're not saying it completely has to go away, but if it is paralyzing you in your life, and I'll give an example of how that happens to me, we have to figure out tools that we can go on living with this. Mm -hmm. And if you're somebody who ruminates or worries often, simply reframe it to you have a lot of places to practice. Like there's a lot of places in your life that you can practice on this one and know that Amy and I are going to be very vulnerable on these mics. We're going to bring up our real life examples between the two of us and then individually because we know that everyone thinks about this in a little bit of a different way. And this worry affects people in different ways as well. Yeah. Okay. I'll go first. So one place that this impacts me is current events. And so I'm sure for you guys, it's probably hard for you to tell always whether your favorite influencer or podcaster or whomever you follow, like how current events impacts them. So for me, I do something that I've seen in the past be called doom scrolling. So when something bad happens, I over consume the news in a way that it stops me from being able to live my daily life. So what does this look like? In the morning, I make sure I not only watch the local news, which covers the topic, but then I watch the Today Show, which has like the first half hour about whatever is happening. And then I go on Instagram and I literally can't stop watching stories, scrolling my feed, like figuring out every ounce of information that I can figure out about the topic at hand. So it gets so bad sometimes. And Abby has been here for a lot of the doom scrolling that I'll have Abby sit in my office with me and I'll say, do not let me touch my phone. Because, you know, when bad things happen, it is so hard because we still have to go to work. We still have to be moms. We still have to be wives. We still have to be friends. The world keeps going and it's incredibly hard, you know, depending on what the current event is to keep going yourself, let alone also have all of this pressure when you are a podcaster or a public facing person. Because if you're not saying the exact right thing, or even if you are saying something, you get attacked either way. If you say something and it's the thing that other people have the opposing viewpoint, you get really mean messages. If you don't speak because you're just trying to survive your own day, I know I can't take on people yelling at me right now. Like I just know it. I have to take care of my kids. I'm just trying to make it through my own day. Then you get attacked for not speaking. And so we've made this really hard situation for people where it feels like you can't win. And the truth is you can't. You can't. Not with everybody. No. Mm -hmm. So I am allowed to make healthy boundaries. And I have to do that for myself, especially when I myself am spiraling. 
because I think that there's sometimes where even for a person that feels like a leader, like there's times where it's like, you just can't do it. And you're going to have to protect yourself a little bit and your own mental health. But no one else can see that. It's like, unless you're being loud, people can't see it. No, and it's the quiet voices that are often in that deep reflection. Like just so much reflection goes into these weeks that you're not going to be videotaping that or jumping on microphones and going through hours and hours of this doom scrolling or this consumption of information. But it can be hard. It's hard either way. There's always a consequence in the situation either way. Yes. And so I've come to a point where I just know I cannot please everyone. So I have to stay in alignment with myself. I am never going to be posting for a performance or for a pat on the back. I need to make sure that I am feeling well mentally myself so that I can handle being a mom and doing everything else. So to loop back, if you are a fellow doom scroller, Abby, how would you coach us to kind of at least get to a place where we could still go on with our day. And I want to be really sensitive that some of the things that have happened recently, of course, you know, there's incredibly hard things and we're not saying minimize that, don't doom scroll, don't feel those feelings. But for most of us, after a day or two, we really are going to still have to function. Mm-hmm. And you have to function in multiple titles, not just in one title either, which is hard in these situations. But the same type of thing that you do for rumination, for doom scrolling, even for perfectionism and in some parts of anxiety is to take imperfect action anyway. So to go on with your day, even though these things are very heavy, even though these things are on your mind, even though you're thinking about these things nonstop and to go on with your day anyway. So you are cooking the eggs, even though you are worried about where your child is right now. You are going for that run, even though what you just watched on the news, you know, doesn't sit well with your stomach. Like doing the imperfect action and continuing with your day is literally the way to get through it. There's been some like back and forth on the research with talk therapy. So talking about it over and over again, talking about the current events, talking about the feeling of a rumination or the worry that you have or the OCD thoughts. And some of it can actually be harmful. So I'm not a therapist. I'm not going to give you therapist information here, but the talk therapy in some of these situations can make you actually sit with it longer than you need to when the actual way to get out of it is to get through it and on with your day. So it can be so hard in that moment to be like, I'm not going to just make breakfast, even though these things are going on, but we have to make breakfast eventually. We still have to eat. We still have to shower. We still have to take our kids to school. We still have to do these things. And it's easier if we can continue to do them and practice doing them, even with the really hard thing going on. Yeah. A couple of things that I have found to be really good for my doom scrolling is that I know that at night, I can't handle it. So I absolutely do make boundaries for myself. I will say I am not going on Instagram. After I put my kids to sleep, I usually do pop on, just see what's going on. And I'm like, I know I can't handle that. So I do not go on my phone at night because what happens then is when I'm about to go to bed, I'm like arguing with someone in my head. And I just know that that's not a helpful sleep mechanism for me. So I do make boundaries with my phone because I do realize that I'm over consuming the news and that it's not helping anything. 
that's the hard thing with phones too, is that they're always on us. And there's so much good information and there's so much information, period. So at night, that's a really good boundary to put into place. Yeah. And then what Abby said is, I realized that for those of us that feel really passionate about subjects, we have to keep ourselves healthy and we have to keep ourselves moving forward. So what I see is people will be like, you know, nothing even matters anymore. Why should I do this? And Mm -hmm. it's like, no, Mm -hmm. we still need to drink water. We still need to eat. We still need to move our bodies. We still need to go outside. Like we still need to do these things so that we feel well and they still matter. I was thinking, I'm like, it's almost like when you first have a baby and it's like just those tiny little things that you can do to try to feel okay Mm -hmm. or, you know, feel well. Like yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes. I always tell newly postpartum moms, it's like, you have to fill up your water and you have to take the shower and you have to eat the snack. Like you just have to keep going. So that's been really helpful for me because I'm like, okay, I have to also give myself permission to when it comes to Instagram, obviously it's part of my job, but I'm like, I'm not going on here. I'm not posting. I'm just gonna make it through the best that I can. And that's okay for me to put that healthy boundary up. Uh, And those are all really good and tactile things that people can just start doing right now. And and maybe it's not doom scrolling. Like maybe you're like, you know what? I actually don't do that. Like I'm I'm good. I don't do that. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But that's where worry and rumination comes up specifically with this. And we've been through a lot of current events together over the last two and a half years. And it does, it hits you really, really hard and it can feel dark and like you're in this spot forever. And after a couple of days, like you see Amy start to be a little bit more like Amy. She's you know, drinking more water. She's going for those walks. But right away at the beginning, it can be really, really hard. Yeah. So meeting with you with solidarity if you are one of those people who does the same. And Abby and I have been through hard personal times, let alone current events. But like even when you got Owen's diagnosis that he was going to have Down syndrome, it's going to get to a point. It's not right away, but there is a point where you have to say, I'm allowed to still feel joy. Like I'm allowed to joke around. I'm allowed to laugh. I'm allowed to do, you know, it's like we look at that, but it's kind of human nature to keep on going and we have to still find joy. You still have to find life in this. Yeah. Like, there's still so much life to live. And if we got knocked down with everything that the world throws at us or that personally throws at us, we would have been skidding like months ago, years ago. It would not. Wait, we would have been skidding. <laughs> skidding. I'm like thinking of like dragging on the ground. That's when I'm figuring. You're like, yeah, hey, you're so. Weird. I don't know what that, that word was. <laughs> skating by, skating by. Well, but that is a good point. Is that obviously the last couple years have been incredibly difficult on mothers, on women, on like from the current event lens, like it's just been really hard. So we're right there with you if you're feeling that way of like, how are we going to keep going? Like this is just seeming like things are bad. And you mentioned at night. So just at night, how bad it can get. You put that boundary in place of like no consumption at night. And that's a way that you can do that. For the people who do have trouble sleeping because of this, or they wake up in the middle of the night because of that, that gets really tricky too, Mm -hmm. because you try to solve problems in your mind. One of the biggest points with rumination and worry is to not solve the problem. Do not solve the problem. And you might be like, you know what? This time's different. But give them a really good example of something that you've tried to figure out in the middle of the night. 
Oh gosh. I mean, I could like have a list. It could be the text message that you send or I would in corporate America, this would happen all the time where you'd be giving a conversation with a coworker or a sales pitch. You're like, oh, I could have said that differently. Should I follow up with an email to say this? Should I, wait, maybe I'll just LinkedIn them instead and just send this quick message because that's a little bit less corporate and more personal. You know what? I'm just going to actually end up emailing the entire team. And you go through this with all these different strategies that you can pull in. And all of a sudden it's 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m. And you haven't slept. And I'm saying this as somebody who did this a lot when it came to those types of things. I even do it with conversations with my mom. I do it with conversations with Colin. Like we were talking about the arguing yeah. that you have over and over in your mind after the conversation ends and you just keep on picking that fight in your mind, even though they have no idea that you're yeah. having that fight in your mind. <laughs> I was telling Abby, for me, I think a lot of people when they ruminate about an argument and they're thinking, oh, I wish I would have said this differently. But mine, where it shows up for me is I always think, in addition to what I said during that argument, I would also like to point out facts A through Z of why my point <laughs> makes a lot of sense. So it's like, I always want to add to the conversation. So back to the example of like, we'll get really mean DMs or people that are very argumentative and you can tell it's hard because you feel you're not all the way heard in the conversation. Like they come in charged and you want to meet them and give them your perspective. But in a simple DM conversation, like it's really hard to say enough without saying too much. And it's just, I think that that's a complicated way to communicate because you can't hear tone and you're reading their capitalization and taking it. Are you yelling? Like, is this capitalization mean yelling? yelling? I always- Are you trying to emphasize? I read it as yelling, but I'm not sure if that's what you're like, are you yelling? I can't tell. So that can be really complicated, but I think to be helpful- if you do have a forward-facing business, I know it happens to people that don't as well because my friend was just telling me about this argument that she just got in with her cousin in DMs. So I would bring to the table, what if that's not the best place to have these conversations? Because have we gotten so far removed from like a face-to-face -face talk, which I know isn't always possible, but maybe even a phone call. Because I think there's just like a lot of things that are missed when we are texting or when we are DMing. And I think that's part of our problem. Yeah. Even key, you might be like, Abby, where are you going with this? But key negotiators for the FBI, for instance, or like big high stakes, they will fly across the world to have those one hour long conversations in person because the body language, the tone, it's so much different than a handwritten letter slid beneath the door kind of a deal or that text message in today's turn. <laughs> I mean, in the door. FBI, in the FBI type stuff, it's a little bit different. I'm reading a whole bunch of negotiation books from FBI professionals right now. So I'm really, really getting into just this different type of lifestyle. But so we're just bringing up a lot of different points here. Wait, wait, let's go back quick to the point of how did you try to minimize your nighttime rumination oh, yes. habit? Yes. So it's the middle of the night and you're having these thoughts. It's 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Maybe it's that conversation that you had with somebody that you just keep on thinking about. Maybe it's locking the doors. Like, wait, did I lock the door to the back? Did I lock the door to the garage? Is the front door locked? And just going over and over in your mind over and over again. So I'm a person who I would get up out of bed, go downstairs and check. 
And just the checking is like, you know what? I'm sure now. I feel very certain. I feel very sure. It's a good feeling. But if you keep on doing that over and over again, it actually leads to more uncertainty. It leads to you not believing in yourself enough to lock the door before you go to bed without having to double check on yourself. So although it's really, really hard to say and obviously easier said than done, do not stand up and go and check, whatever it is. I would do the same thing, Amy, and I've told you about this with our podcast episodes on Mm -hmm. Sunday nights. I would wake up at 2 a.m. at 2.05 to make sure that it actually released into the world at 2.05. And I would do that every Sunday night until I felt confident enough in our editor that he was able to do that. It took a lot of editors and almost two years of doing that, but the not checking or the not trying to solve it in the middle of the night, that's the only way to get through it. And this is a great time to bring up our sponsor, which is BetterHelp Online Therapy. When thinking about the strategies that we can use to make rumination, worry, anxiety, these types of thoughts that just keep on going on in your mind and making them a little bit easier or just preventing them from happening as much, working with a therapist can be so good in these situations. I've loved working with Susan on this thought cloud and being able to pull my thoughts from this cloud, even if they're keeping me up at night. It's a strategy that we've worked on. We continue to have conversations about it. We can use the chat feature, the phone feature, or the face-to-face feature through the video. And all three of those have just been so helpful with this part of my mental health journey. So if rumination, if worry, if anxiety, if those are things that you struggle with, Talking with a licensed health professional could be a really, really good next step. Not only will they gear you with strategies and some tips, but you can talk through it and figure out what's going to work best for you, not only today, but also long-term. Our listeners do get 10% off by going to betterhelp.com slash herself. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash herself for 10% off your very first month. Now back to the show. Okay, let me float something past you. So I do think that people have this issue of they find the one time that the editor didn't put the episode out and they're like, thank goodness I check every single Sunday night. And there is going to be a one time with any of these things. There might be that one time or there is going to be a one time. Nothing is certain in life. It's a toss up. Remember consequences. There's always going to be a consequence either way or something that you have to balance either way. Is it worth your time, your energy, your sleep every single night to wake up and check that door and check that editor note and check that podcast episode? Is it worth your time every single time? And your rational brain, like what does it say? What does your rational brain say? Here's another thing I want to float past you. So Abby and I didn't really plan this episode. We're just kind of going. (laughs) But I like to bring up the counterpoints because I think it's really helpful because I'm sure there's a woman out there that's listening and they're like, Abby, actually what you said about checking the door lock, it doesn't make sense because if I just quick go down and check, I'll be able to fall asleep faster than if I have to sit up here with my brain for an hour and keep having the battle of like, don't go check. Abby said not to go check. I'm not going to go check. And you just keep going. And Jenna Overbow, so she specializes in this. And she even states, she goes, that night, whoever says this, you're right. You will be able to fall asleep better that night. You'll be able to fall asleep faster and better that night if you just go and check. But what about tomorrow night and next week and next month? 
you're creating this habit that you have to check in order to fall asleep. You're creating this habit that you don't trust yourself enough to lock the door before you go upstairs. You don't trust yourself enough at two in the morning to let yourself go back to sleep and carry on with your night. So the uncertainty that it actually creates more of, in the moment, you feel great. But the uncertainty long-term is actually worse off for you okay. than doing it. Mm-hmm. So what I liked, because I listened to Abby on Jenna's podcast mm-hmm. episode, where they talked about rumination, is the point that I really liked is this is all a practice. Yes. So what you're doing, if you are going to apply this, is you're practicing. So we're saying that first night, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's not going to be easy. You're probably not going to get mm-hmm. as good of sleep, but we're trying to head you in the direction where that worry starts to be less and less and less and take less time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And there's ways that you can practice a little bit more too. So Jenny even states this in a lot of the OCD, anxiety, rumination, worry experts, give yourself some time in between. So don't immediately go and check the door. Just give yourself some time being like, the door is fine. I'm going to go to sleep. Giving yourself that little bit of like wiggle room or breathing room in between instead of doing it right away also can help. Or just lessening the amount of times that you do that. So you know what? Tomorrow night, I can check the door. Tomorrow night, I can check the door. Tonight, I'm going to go to sleep. Where it gets tricky is tonight, I'm going to check the door, but tomorrow night, I'm not. Because tomorrow night happens and you're probably going to check the door again. A quick break from our longtime partner, Gooder. Every time I have my Gooder sunglasses on, multiple people ask me where they're from. I'm able to give them an in-person pitch on why Gooder sunglasses are the best out there. At a price range of $25 to $35, these sunglasses really cannot be beat. They're stylish, they're comfortable, they're durable, they're everything that you want in sunglasses. Drew and I have a nice big collection, so we're able to let people try on a bunch of our favorite pairs. But if you're shopping for the first time, I love the Mick and Keith's Midnight Ramble, a Ginger Soul, and Bosley's Basset Hound Dreams. You can go to their website, which is com, and shop around and see which ones are your styles. The really fun thing is they always have new pairs and new collaborations coming on. So even if it's been a while, you're going to want to go to their website and see what they have right now. Again, you can go to gooder.com, that's G-O-O-D-R.com and use code HERSELF15 for 15% off. What about for people that they don't have that worry, like, is this door locked or not? But what happens to them at night is they're starting to think about the 50 things that they need to do the next day. And I know from my friends that they say, like, one of the things is they'll be like, you cannot forget to send the permission slip. You cannot forget to send the permission slip. You cannot forget to send the permission slip. I've heard people give the advice of having a pad of paper at their side table and just writing it down so you can say, okay, brain, thank you so much for reminding me. I'm going to write this down and now you're off the hook. Is that a good strategy or are you still like, okay, don't do that because then you're giving your brain confirmation that the worry Right, right. And I'm going to come back with, I don't know what the therapist would say on this one. So I'm going to come back with that one. What my therapist said to me specifically, because I have that exact same thing going on in my mind of, I don't want to forget this. This is really important. It can be as simple as don't forget to put fruit snacks and a note in Lucy's lunchbox. Don't forget that, Abby. Don't forget that. 
obviously nothing would happen if I actually forgot about that all the way to something really, really big. Like, oh my gosh, make sure you let Amy know that the podcast episode for next week can't air. We have to do something today. It can be something big or little. What my therapist told me is, yes, Abby, if you write it down, you're going to continue in the habit of always having to write it down. So you're not trusting yourself. Oh my, Abby wakes up with a novel. (laughs) I mean, you should see sometimes like my reminders of like at 9.05, Abby, reminder to do this at 9.06. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I have done that. And it works kind of. But my therapist is like, Abby, you're training your body to always need that reminder. How about instead we do an Abby cloud? So kind of like an iCloud of where it just like saves the information into a place where you don't have to type it up. It's just automatically saved. That's what we're working on right now. So I don't know if every therapist out there would say that. Wait, what is that Abby cloud So mean? you know what? I'm going to trust myself enough that the important information is going to be stored in my cloud so that I can access it tomorrow morning when I wake up. Okay. I am confident enough in my rational brain as well as my lizard brain that is telling me, Abby, you got to do this right now. When I say lizard brain, that's like the irrational brain that's like, you got to write this down. You're going to forget. It's like feverish. It's frenzied. It acts out of impulse. Abby, your rational brain is going to remember this. Don't worry. Go to sleep. You'll be able to pull from this data bank on your Abby cloud in the morning. And it has helped. Mm-hmm. Have things fallen through the cracks? Maybe, but I don't know if they have (laughs) because I haven't done the double checking of writing it down in order for it to be saved somewhere. Has anything crazy, terrible happened because I've used this cloud instead of writing it down? No, like things have been decently good with it. Okay. And one other point that I would like to make on that, I do not have that issue. I do not have a brain that at night, I fall asleep very easily. I'm so sorry for people that do not uh, yeah. do that. I understand that that would be really difficult. Abby and I joke that I forget to ruminate <laughs> because I'll, I'll forget about things. But here's what I want to say is because Drew can be kind of hard on me. And like when I forget something, he wants there to be a consequence so that mm-hmm. I learn my lesson. Mm-hmm. He tells me because he always says, Amy, everything just always works out for you. But I don't think it's just me. I think that a lot of the things that we are worrying about when it comes to making a list of things that we can't forget, we forgot it was sack lunch day one day. And then I just brought the sack lunches 10 minutes later. Yes. So that's just to say that most things really do work out and we don't suffer big punishments or consequences. So all of this worrying, if you can start to realize like, okay, most of the stuff will work out. Like it's okay if I forget fruit snacks. It's okay if you forget fruit snacks. And I know in the type A brain, so there's people right now being like, but Amy, it'd be so much better if, yes, and. Like, would it be better if things went as planned? Yes. And what does your dad say? I love his quote about change. The only thing in life that is certain is change. The only thing in life that's certain is change. Like things are going to change. Things will not go as planned. And even if we create this absolute perfect plan, when things change, we need to be able to roll with it. Yeah. Um, Sammy B. Coaching, she shared a post last week that said, I, I love a plan, but when things change and you like give your power away because you get angry at that, that power needs to stay with you. Like You're giving your power away to that plan if you rely solely on that plan. And that made my type A heart cringe at the same time being like, oh, I needed that so bad because you are giving your power away every time you create this perfect plan and then get angry if that plan doesn't work because that's not you. You still have power in that situation. 
Okay. So we brought this up a little bit earlier, but I wanted to retouch on it because I do think that a lot of people have this issue. So Abby and I wanted to give a personal example of a time where rumination impacted our relationship. I know we mentioned this story one time on the podcast in the past, but what happened was Abby and I had a week where things were just, we were like out of sorts. Like our communication wasn't the best. It was way earlier in the podcast. So, you know, this is not an easy operation. I think that people don't realize podcasting and everything that goes on behind the scenes, just like every job, like everyone has work stress and podcasting is not an exception to that. So we had some miscommunications going on. I was feeling very underappreciated. It was just this, you know, bad week. And so we did have a disagreement, a fight. I remember I was crying. I was telling you why I was feeling really undervalued and unappreciated. And Abby received that. Like she felt really bad about that. You know, she's more of the checklist person. I'm more of the creative lead person. And so she has a lot more to show for her work, whereas I had a lot more you know, I'm in charge of what the episodes are going to be about a lot of like networking with the guests, all this stuff. So anyways, we get into this argument and then it's like time to leave. So like we separate, we go separate ways. And Abby was just so upset that I was upset with her. And I tried to reassure her. I said, Abby, everything is going to be okay. I just want some time everything's going to be okay. I sent 55,000 text messages <laughs> and phone calls and boxers and hearts and probably a Venmo in there of like, what else, what else can I do? What else can I do right now to make sure that this friendship is okay? Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate on your end, the comment of Abby, everything's going to be okay. I just need some space. And I think that as friends, we can give that gift to our friend. If you know you have a friend who's a ruminator or a worrier, just being polite, saying, this is what I need right now. We are going to be okay. I just need space. You can hold that boundary with yourself and protect your own peace while also letting the other person know, this is exactly what I need right now and things are going to be okay. Yeah, I think this comes up for women a lot. There was another example where one of my friends wasn't talking to me and I didn't even know that she wasn't talking to me because... I thought it was our normal communication (laughs) pattern. Like I literally had no idea. So as women, can we get to a place where when we need to say something, even if it's hard, we can say it to our friends. But then on the other side, you have to understand, which Abby and I talked about before this episode, all I could do was say, Abby, we're going to be okay. I just want some space. I couldn't be in charge of stopping her rumination. Because I wasn't ready to just jump back into our full-on friendship. We're usually talking every day, talking multiple times a day. And I wasn't ready for that. But I'm not in charge of like Abby's feelings. And she's not in charge of my feelings. And that's where we can really get into trouble is when we want someone to act in a very specific way. Otherwise, you know, we're more upset with them. Or Abby really desired that we just could go back to our normal friendship, which we did in a couple days, but I just needed a little bit of space. But I think what happens is we're putting feeling better outside of ourselves. And that doesn't typically work. And it can be in friendship. This might also pop up for you 
in your romantic relationships? So when I was going through postpartum and obviously all of our bodies change, I really wanted Drew to constantly be complimenting me mm-hmm. and saying like, you're beautiful. You look great. Like that. And Drew said, Amy, I am not in charge of your confidence. Like you have to take that back from me because I tell you you're beautiful all the time. <laughs> so I think that too, it's like we put things outside of ourselves that don't belong outside of ourselves. He was absolutely right. Like he cannot be in charge of my confidence. And Glennon Doyle states this so well in her book, Untamed, where she brings up that girls are taught to look for acceptance outside of themselves, where boys like, are you hungry? Yeah, I'm hungry without having to look to see if your friend is hungry or do I look good? Yeah, I look good without having to ask your friend or your husband or whoever it is, do I look good? So just that internal validation, it is something that we need to learn. We need to unlearn it many times from our past. But when we can finally step into that, just think about how much more powerful you'll feel if you don't have to look every which way in order to get those answers. So we kind of took this episode in a few different directions today, but Overall, with this worry and with this overthinking and with the anxiety or the rumination, just all these thoughts that can happen in a woman's mind, the invisible load that is often our day-to-day, take that power back. Mm -hmm. Like Take that power back. Take it internally. We have to get through things by getting through them without trying to fix them, solve them, think about them at two in the morning because nothing good has happened at two in the morning. Anybody who's been in that situation can definitely attest to that. But a very complex episode, a very complex topic, but one that has a lot of different paths that go along with yeah, that too. You're not going to solve this tomorrow, but can you just take one step in the right direction wherever it's popping up for you? We've given so many examples. Mm-hmm. There's probably a hundred others we could give. Mm-hmm. It shows up for you in different ways than it shows up for us. But the truth of the matter is, is like as women, if we're constantly paralyzed, by worry and by ruminating, we're not going to be able to move forward. 